All right. Well, today's movie has to deal with a pair of twins. So just out of curiosity, do you guys have a lot of experience or interactions with twins throughout your life? I know no twins. Not a single one. As far as I'm aware. Not a pair. No, not a pair. What is a pair of twins called? Twinsies. Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if that's accurate. Twins, get at us. Let us know. Uh, no, I have, I have none, ex- no experiences, none, none experience. That's a, that's a sentence you can say. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, uh, <laughs> if it's RPG, I have level zero in my twin skills. Like, so there's identical and then there's fraternal fraternal. Yeah. We're also joined by Emma today. Welcome back. Hello. She's our twin expert. So yeah. no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the movie twins with yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. and Danny DeVito. Uh, that's where I got most of my twin knowledge from. Mm. So, Ooh, so you thought good. they'd never look the same? No. In fact, I thought <laughs> they had to look diametrically opposed. If they looked similar at all, it was some, something was wrong. So opposite twins. Opposite twins. That's what they're called. Yeah. Turns out they can look the same. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Biology is neat. Dude, it's wild out there. Yeah. I've known several pairs of twins. Oh, you're a resident expert here. Tell us more. No, I'm not an expert. <laughs> I am not a twin. I've never been a twin either. Just putting that out there. There's well, not your a... knowledge. Maybe you right. like absorb oh, the twin in the right. womb. Yeah. Could have done that. Could have been separated at birth. Can you imagine your if there's another me <laughs> on the other side of the coast? You know what? There's seven, eight billion of us. Statistically speaking, there's probably another Mark. Well, do you guys know any famous twins? Doubleman twins are famous. Right. The Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the pinnacle of twin. Yeah, the twins from The right? Shining. Yeah, they're actually not twins. They're really? just dressed the same. Yeah, they're actually just sisters. This is the, this is the kind of twin knowledge that you're bringing <laughs> to the podcast. Uh, well, okay, learn something new today. So they're out. The gal from Terminator Two. Oh, uh, Linda I, I Hamilton. F- Linda, Linda Hamilton, yes. Of the Hamilton musical fame. Exactly. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> I'm sure they're related. Uh, yes, her sister was in Terminator 2, right? Yes. No, she, Linda Hamilton is in Terminator 2. Yeah, but didn't 2. they use her sister for some of the scenes? Oh, did they? Yeah. Don't come to me for my Terminator 2 knowledge. What? It's not there. <laughs> you know Arnold Schwarzenegger turned 75? Oh, God. I know. Really? We're getting so old, y'all. We are Let's ancient. turn this about us. <laughs> <laughs> All you creatures from cyberspace, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with Garrett and oh, no, he's not here. Yeah, where'd he go? Where? Well, Garrett oh. has got the COVID. That's what that email said. Yeah, I just deleted it and moved it directly to trash. So he finally went down with the COVID, huh? Yeah. So I'll tell you what, last man standing. Bam. <laughs> That's right, suckers. It's coming for you. It's, You're next. Yeah, it's stalking out my window. I had to leave with a bat today. Swat away three COVIDs. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep it up. Well, Garrett, if you're listening, hope you feel better, buddy. That pillar of the podcast who's been here for every episode. Yeah, combo breakers. Sometimes it's got to take a nap and feel better, too. So, <laughs> But Emma, you're back. Thank you so much for filling in on such short notice. Yep. What have you guys been up to? Since last time. What was last time? Resident Evil. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> I need more coffee. I'm going to drink wow, some while you tell was... me what you've been up to. All right. Let's see. I watched, rewatched Get Out. Uh, Ooh, fantastic. Such good a good one. movie. My wife had never seen it. So now uh, she has. 
Did she like it? She did. Yeah. It's, I think it's impossible to not like that movie. Uh, and if you don't like it, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> Leave your opinions at the door. Yeah. Um, the mystery of figuring out what's going on is so much fun in that movie. It was fun watching her watch it. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. like I already knew what was happening and it was still good to watch, but watching her like try to work through it for the first time, I was like, Oh, I'm so jealous of you. I think I do still prefer that one over us. Yeah. Um, just because us is more like kind of a, a more nebulous commentary where yeah. the logistical uh, steps in the movie don't quite add up if you think about it too hard. But the message is there. I love it. It's still us, a very good movie. Yeah. But it, it didn't, it had too many plot holes and yeah. that really bothered me. <laughs> like I think I said it, but where did they get all them scissors? Yeah. Or bunnies. Six billion pairs of scissors. <laughs> the clones? Whatever they were, right. had to make their own scissors like elves. Oh. Or like Jedis. You know how Jedis <laughs> make their own lightsabers? You're, you're right. <laughs> They're down there smelting and smithing under the earth. Good point. Plot hole resolved. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you, John. That's what my head cannon's here for. Uh, and I also watched a movie called Uncle Sam. Oh, yes. Uh, um, the one where Uncle Sam is the killer, right? Yeah. Uh, that's exactly it. That's the whole plot. From America fame. Yes, from America. <laughs> Different Uncle Sam, it turns out. This was a kid's Uncle Sam. Ah, uh, yes. Samuel, uh, is, I believe his full name. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Samuel. His full Christian name, <laughs> yes. as they say. I don't think we, we learned his last name, but I assume it's America. Samuel America is the murderer. Um, and what happened in this movie? Well, mostly it's about a little young MAGA fan. <laughs> spouting how great America is. That's like 70 minutes of the 90 minute movie. And anytime anyone just sort of vaguely sideswipes America, that kid is there to hope bad things happen to you. Uh, he's like McCarthy Jr. Yeah, and he's just so like disappointed in everybody. He's like, oh, you didn't sign up for the army? My uncle says you're a coward. Not me, though, because <laughs> he's a little swarmy magaite. He's like, I didn't say you were a coward, but my, my uncle, uncle just repeating what he said. Disappointed uh, in his mom, disappointed yeah. in his aunt, just, just anybody he can be disappointed in. Except America. Yeah, that's yeah. not disappointing. Uh, and <laughs> There's nothing bad America's ever done. No, and this kid's like seven. Oh, maybe he's 10. He's, you know, in that young <laughs> age, and he's just obsessed with his uncle that he met for like 20 minutes. Listeners, John does not know any children. No, so I'll <laughs> cut tell him you, some slack. This is a well-known problem of mine: is that I cannot age children. They just sort of jump in in age groups to me, like preteen. You know, I got that. Mm-hmm. Then at some point they're a toddler, and then they're an adult, <laughs> and that's the best that in I. In that order, <laughs> yes, I assume that's how it goes. <laughs> We're going to have to put you back in biology class, Uh, John. uh, Yeah, so you know what? Thumbs down on on that. Apparently, though, it was on The Last Drive-In. Yeah, it was a Joe Bob episode, so So. it was fun seeing the the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, Uh, uh, I I would also not recommend it. No. After all said and done, it was not that good, but uh, I'm glad I got it out of the way. Yeah. I saw it. And you know what? Cliffhanger for next week. Uh, I'm halfway through a killer movie called Alligator, where they flush an alligator down a toilet, and uh, now it's eating people's arms. So I don't know. I don't, I don't want to spoil Nobody spoil it, mm-hmm. but I think the gator's involved somehow. So uh, <laughs> I'll find out. Tune in next episode. We'll, I'll let you know how alligator ends. Is it in New York? Uh, I, I doubt it. You know, here's what I know so far. The detective is balding because every character <laughs> talks about his hair for some reason, mm-hmm. just unusually. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not a natural. The guy's like buying a dog at a pet store. And he's like, <laughs> oh, you're balding too. Look at me. I'm bald. I could see that you're balding. 
It's uh, all we talk about. Yeah. A balding type. <laughs> it's like a really important plot point. Yeah, I hope it turns around. Maybe he defeats the gator by the power of his baldness. I don't know. but He like shines like a light off yeah, of his head. Yeah, Care Bear style. But instead of a chest, mm-hmm, it's his mm-hmm. head. Uh, so we'll see. Turtle waxes his dome so the gator can't get a good grip on his skull, you know? Yeah. Just keeps sliding his jaw off. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, maybe he fights the gator once and he loses. Then he goes in recovery. He's got to find himself and he accepts yes. his baldness and he shaves his head. Yes. Uh, and then he comes back as the bald detective. Can we please get a blood sport <laughs> style montage? Yes. As he's learning about himself. Man, our movies are better than what <laughs> so we see. Much. I would yeah. so watch that. <laughs> Every like cut in the montage, he's shaving one part of his head, mm. you know? So it's a shave and then he's like jump yes. rope in and then shave. Yeah, this is uh. perfect. Okay, so uh, if Gator, if Alligator does not turn out that way, I'm going to be very disappointed. But listeners, watch it yourself, or better, download our next episode, and I'll tell you what to think. That's what they call a tease. Yeah, yeah. Emma, have you watched anything fun that you want to bring up? Um, Well, I just watched Men the other day. Ah, yes, I've been wanting to see that. Is it worth it? (laughs) No. Oh, bummer. (laughs) It wasn't terrible. And the first, like, two-thirds, I was really into it. It was... It was freaky. It had a lot of good suspense. It was also beautifully done. And then the last third, I just, I didn't like it. It was at the same time, too on the nose and too nebulous. Like, you have to watch it. It's just. That really does sum up men, though. Yeah, you're really rooting for us for the first third of our lives. And then it's just. Mm. You blew it, man. Yeah. You blew it. Um, that's interesting. So it was trying to make a, like a statement and doesn't really commit to either side. Is that kind of what you're getting at? It's, well, no, it's more like you can tell what it was trying to say, but then the movie itself, like the story doesn't resolve very well. And oh. so it's kind of frustrating because it feels like, okay, I get it. Like men suck. Just like Garrett said, it's like, ugh, men. <laughs> it's like what it should have been called. As a man, I'll tell you what, I suck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't think I have anything important to bring up other than letting everybody know that I'm still watching the Resident Evil Netflix show. I've gotten through six episodes. That is a television program. Six out of eight, right? Yeah. So I've got two more to go. I'm going to finish it off. Um, This is finding itself kind of in line with something I would consider to be like a CW program. Mm. Oh, that's pretty bad. You know? But as I've gone along and watched this, it's been interesting to find out that the events of this television program do incorporate the 1998 Raccoon City story from the video games, from the movie we just did. Okay. So this is this is actually wedging itself into that timeline where those things existed. When I started this program, I had no idea they were going to go this route. It felt like a complete reboot, but mm-hmm. it's not. It is a continuation. Of the movie that we watched? It can't be because Wesker in the show is black uh, and Wesker in the movie was white, but it's made by the same company. Which really is like, why did you guys not just make it all one package deal? Yeah. Now they're separate. But maybe like, if this one doesn't land, maybe this one will land. Uh, you know what I mean? Little did they know, 0 for 2 on landing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still kind of 50-50 on the movie. I like the movie, Yeah, actually, I think it's yeah. okay. But it's been really interesting to see them roll those things out. And it's heavily in the post-apocalyptic phase of this. The main character is looking for a way to uh, make like an anti-zombie spray. In an, in an anti or like a, uh, like an a bear attraction, spray? yes. A little bit of spoiler if you haven't seen this, but uh, in episode five or so, they find a queen zombie mm. that can communicate and basically have them like kind of the horde do what they want. 
which isn't a new concept. I've seen it in other stories. Is right? it in the game, it's like though? the Borg Queen. Yeah. Right. Um, it's not in the game, okay. at least not to my... I don't recall that ever being. It definitely wasn't in the early ones, for All right. sure. Well, email us and let us know if it's in the game. And I was telling you, there was a scene where they were getting chased by a giant spider, which I did appreciate because yeah. those are in the game. One character sacrifices himself so the others can get away, but they all stop and watch him die and then scream <laughs> and waste... <laughs> The extra time that that poor man gave him. Oh, my God. If I was him, I'd be so mad. I know. I'd be like, why did I do this? Stop watching. (laughs) Well, let's talk about a movie that has to do with familial bonds that uh, might get out of hand. No uh, zombies, though. No no zombies, (laughs) but drug addiction that could make you act like one, perhaps. Oh, just say no, kids. (laughs) <laughs> whoa whoa is mcgruff the crime dog just walk in the house who uh, let you in not an original thought but when you were in school didn't they lead you to believe that you were going to get offered drugs just constantly yeah yeah, yeah. never happens no one's giving away their their expensive ass drugs just shoving it down your throat you've never been offered drugs uh well with friends but not like- by strangers <laughs> No, uh, not by strangers, but I'm like, I've been offered drugs. Yeah, my friends offer me drugs, but that's probably why we're friends, right? I've never just been (laughs) like walking down the street and someone's like, yo, you want some crack? Oh, man. Yeah. 80s and 90s parents believed that all strangers just want to give the yeah. drugs away. That's just yeah, how you wear in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah. and they're like, hey, I got some meth in here. I <laughs> wish that existed. I want to see those guys on the street in the coats. Dude, it's like shockingly hard to find drugs in a new place. So <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, where are the street corners at? Uh, really, the, the, the dare officers are the one that showed me what to look for in their nice briefcase That's they true. would show all the drugs and be like these are the good ones yeah. <laughs> you're like thank yeah. you officer if it Steve. doesn't look like this don't don't take it oh okay so that's what i need to keep an eye out for got it oh dear what a what a failed program that was well yeah. i guess it depends on its goals if its goals was to teach you about drugs i learned <laughs> <laughs> just not to say no anyway Dead Ringers is what yeah. we're here to talk about from 1988. Now, this one is labeled as a psychological thriller starring Jeremy Irons in a dual role. And uh, for a minute there, I was like, does Jeremy Irons have a twin? Right? Yeah. He was so good. You know, like, he was. He was very good at his role. I was like, okay. Because this was the time of Hollywood where you could really tell when actors would act against each mm-hmm. other. And it'd be very noticeable. Like, oh, that back of the head is not Marty McFly in Back to yeah. the Future 2. I'm not buying that shit. You not know. in this movie, though. No. Astonishing. Well, like, I want to know how much that cost. All the money. <laughs> well, and he's such an amazing actor, too. Like, he, is. he does an amazing job. You totally can tell, like, once, once you get to know the characters, which one is Elliot and which one's Bev. I had some confusion about halfway through the film. Really? Yes. I feel like pretty soon you can be like, okay, I know who is who in every scene. But you know what? The, the giveaway one wears a blue tie, one wears a red tie. I oh. literally did not notice that. Is that my, true? And my wife was like, look, they, they're wearing different colored ties. That's how you can what? tell. What? <laughs> oh, my God. I've but, seen this movie like 10 times. I wrote down, do the ties mean something? Because at the end, he's wearing a red and blue tie. Because they're Ooh. Siamese. Because they're the same. Uh-huh. They are the same. Mm. Now, do you think he got paid for two actor salaries? I know for a fact they gave him two dressing rooms. Okay, well... Then mm-hmm. yes, I'm gonna assume mm-hmm. we got two salaries, two two goes at the crafts table. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Irons gets double lunch. Yeah, <laughs> let him through. <laughs> um, I did watch a little bit of the uh, uh, behind the scenes where Jeremy Irons is talking about his method acting for this, and they were asking like it was like a BAFTA awards thing that happened like ten months ago or so. So this is really new. And they're like, well, how did you go about approaching both twins? 
And he's like, it was all kind of a, where I would put the energy of the character. So like Elliot, all the energy was in his forehead, you know, somewhere you would headbutt somebody with. Mm-hmm. But for Beverly, he'd put all the energy in his throat. Like he was nervous, you know, and that's how he would like differentiate the characters. And he's like, I think that kind of comes through. And I was like, yeah, actually, that kind of did come through. Yeah, it totally does. So, I need to see this now. Yeah, it was neat. It's on YouTube. Uh, I'll send you a link. But yeah, I was like, okay, that's really interesting. I could never be an actor. It doesn't mean anything to me. Where like I I see it on the screen, but like someone's like put all your energy in your forehead. I like I don't know what you're telling me to do. You're like those sorry. Are, those Dude. are I understand that it's an English sentence, but it, I don't I can't do that. You want me to headbutt who? Yeah, what now? Well, Dead Ringers is based on uh, loosely based on a true story of a pair of gynecological doctors. Is that correct terminology? Yeah, gynecologists. Yeah. yeah. Gynecological is a very long <laughs> I, word to say. Yeah. That's a Scrabble winner. If you can put that down. Get the double word score and it's over. These doctors' names were Stuart and Cyril Marcus, if I'm not mistaken, was in the 70s. Okay. So a lot of the storyline about the love plot that goes on in this, that doesn't seem to be true. And I think that was the part that David Cronenberg uh, yeah, wrote. Yeah, I don't think it's true. But they did have a barbiturate uh, drug dependency and they did both end up dead. So mm. that's, that's, and then I think it was novelized in something called Twins in the 80s also. So in real life, they were twins as well. That, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I just want to make it clear for other you know folks. I understood that. I totally knew, but... <laughs> As the audience representative. <laughs> uh, the artistic interpretation. I'm just going to make them twins. You never know. write a book called Twins. And <laughs> just, then, yeah. Well, look, what are the odds that two people are going to be twins and they're both going to be gynecologists? <laughs> you knew that know. was going to be an a interesting story from day one. You, you've heard of the phrase dead ringers, right? I assume that's when two things look the same. Yes. That's a dead mm-hmm. ringer. You got it. Yeah. So you just thought it was two people that look similar? Well, no, I knew these people. I know that in the movie they were twins. <laughs> I, I picked up on that. The one of my first questions was, do other people know that they're twins? Because um, at some points, it seemed like they were tricking people. And then I right. understood. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's what I want to get into. A, a lot of things that I expected to happen that didn't happen. And it could be just because we've seen so many of these movies. And when you were on last time and we talked about Excision, which I I thought was a very well done movie mm-hmm. that had a lot of intrigue and questions in it. Um, this one for me was a little bit light on what it was bringing in terms of just my expectations. So I think I wanted more from the film. And I think I said that about crimes against the future too, or crimes of the future. See, I wondered if you, what you thought of this movie in comparison to that. Cause whenever I saw crimes of the future, I was like, wow, this is like a worse version of dead ringers in a way. It's, different in a lot of ways but the the sci-fi knob is turned up in that one right so this one feels well, and like, like more... the cringe knob <laughs> the, the sci-fi and the cringe knob are right next to each other by the way those are easily turned up by both yeah see um, any 80s sci-fi movie exactly this one seems more limited to the real world i mean probably because yeah. it is based on a true story you said this is one of your favorite movies right yeah, it's my favorite cronenberg for sure beats the fly beats video drone yeah and i love those movies i do i love yeah. cronenberg i'm a big fan but this is my favorite one and I know it is more realistic Mm -hmm. than most of his stuff why is this one your favorite because it's one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen and every time at the end I feel just gutted and I feel like it really explores like what it is to to talk about identity and um, male versus like feminine and just relationships like I, I just it's so 
deep. And I think it sounds like a simple storyline whenever you talk about what happens, but the actual, like, the, especially Jeremy Irons, like, just exploring identity and what does it mean to be a person? Because really, the twins, I think, represent two sides of a person. My wife who watched this with me, we stopped and go, is this going to be like a fight club? Oh, like, is one of them not going to be real? I could have totally seen that. Yeah, because at some point we thought maybe one overdosed and the other one just started playing both. Okay. That would have been a cool movie too. I would also watch that movie. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Like, we we came up with a lot of ideas thinking that there there was going to be more, I guess, fantastical, you know, and not so rooted in reality. And I think that's where I went wrong with this movie is my expectation was Cronenberg, Videodrome, The Fly, you know, like all this crazy stuff that he normally brings to his movies that are just like out there. I think that's what makes it creepier to me then is Mm -hmm. that it is more realistic and. I I know that it's like a thriller slash horror, and I know that you might think it's not horror, but I think it is because I think it gets to some deep rooted fears that are not just those surface level easy scares like spiders or zombies or something. Mm -hmm. It's about like, who are you and what is your purpose and what is love and what is like masculine versus feminine and why does it matter? And I also love how Cronenberg took something very unsettling for a lot of people, especially men like gynecologists. And, you know, Mm. like it's very hard for a lot of the guys I've known to sit through this movie. They feel like it's really uncomfortable. And I think it's uncomfortable for women in a different way. And I think that that's really interesting that he took something and he like it gives it an extra layer of just a weird, disturbing feeling. If you also put it into the context of this being an 80s film back when the masculine feminine lines were much harder. Yeah, exactly. Very more defined in the 80s than it is now. We're a lot more accepting of that being a little more fluid these days. I think that it was kind of like futuristic in that way because it was looking forward to like when people were going to explore those parts of themselves that were not so exclusively masculine Mm -hmm. and feminine. And that is what the movie is about. And so I think that that was, I think that's really awesome. So yeah, see, this is exactly why I'm glad you're here. So you can help me and John, yeah. two men, non-gynecological men. doctors, <laughs> yeah, uh, understand some of this stuff. So it, yeah, it's starting to make a little more sense now, right? So this is more of the, about the horrors of the individual, mm-hmm. in particular, we'll say Beverly, right? He's the one going through the majority of this, one of the two twins. I mean, I think that like Elliot also actually goes through a lot of things like he has to find himself because he sees himself as part of this duality. Mm-hmm. And whenever Beverly wants to break away, that causes him to have an identity crisis. First, let's get through the info of this one. Mark's going to look up the Rotten Tomato score. Do you know it? No, but I hope that it's good. <laughs> All right, what's your guess? What's your guess for the Rotten Tomato score? Um, I would think that critics probably liked it more than the audience. Right. But I don't know. I think the audience is probably like... 60. Okay. I'm going to say audience score, 45. I am shocked at what I'm looking at right now. Uh, Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. According to Rotten Tomatoes, Dead Ringers is sitting at an 83% with the critics. Okay. Which seems right. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a critical darling, right? Totally Maybe not at the time. I think it got mixed reviews, but as these movies tend to do, people re-examine them later on and it's becoming more of a cult classic. Mm Mm-hmm. 82% 82% with the audience. What? It's Yay. one point off. People wow. love it. See, you guys are wrong. Yeah. I know. We're in the minority here. 
You know what? They probably got uh, swayed by the incredible 80s set design. They're like, oh, this is... You know what? I like this, so I like the movie. I miss CRT monitors. Yeah. <laughs> and doctor's offices. Uh, just so okay. you know, that's out of 10,000 plus reviews. Well, you so, know. Damn, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. Wow, people really do love this movie. Yeah. They like it. They really like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Well, here's Interesting. Who, You're like, well, I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, you know, I'm very used to being wrong. Also, when I was watching this movie, I was like, I bet other people like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out about uh, 8,000 of them do. So, Well, look, you know, this, this is about bringing opinions. This isn't like setting the grave talk grade. Mm-hmm. You know, we often disagree on things. That's true. And we that's why I wanted someone who likes it to bring their opinions and tell us why they think it's So we good. could tell them how wrong they are, Which right? I will oh, do. but it turns out you are wrong. Yeah, because Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Yeah, we're going to have to re... Mark and I are going to regroup, so we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to go change your <laughs> yeah. mind. Like, you know what? Actually, we love it. It turns out I like it now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was directed by David Cronenberg, also written by David Cronenberg. Um, like I said, it was based on uh, true life events and novel as well called Twins. This one stars Jeremy Irons as Beverly and Elliot. They are the titular twins. And he was so hot in it too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mark agrees. My favorite part of this whole movie is when 40 year old Jeremy Irons pretends to be in college. (laughs) Oh yeah. Undergraduate too. Whenever they said that I was like no. (laughs) I was like this can't be happening. I was like oh no he's going to age up and we're going to go to the 80s so they just put him in the role. Would you have liked the movie better if he had stayed an undergraduate (laughs) at his age? Just acting around teens? Yeah Yeah, that would have been hilarious. Genevieve Bajold as Claire. I don't think we need to know any of these people. No. (laughs) I think you hit all the people that you need to know. There's like three people really you need to know. Jeremy Irons doing double duty and then two other actors and or actresses. Yeah. I mean, the actress who played Claire did a great job. So. Yeah. True. Yeah. She was amazing. And this one had a budget of $13 million and it made $14 million at the box office. Oh, critical or money success. Not really. No, you got to make double, right? But maybe on rentals. You know. Okay, that's true. Speaking of, here's what the back of the VHS tape has to say about uh, Dead Ringers. This is my favorite part. In The Fly, David Cronenberg mesmerized audiences with a horrifying tale of the disintegration of the human body. Do you know what kind of expectation a sentence like that sets <laughs> on your movie? Yeah. That is intense. Well, maybe the next sentence is, he does not do that in this movie. <laughs> do not expect that here, viewer, <laughs> or you will be let yeah. down. Now in Dead Ringers, an instant classic, in quotes. Why is it in quotes? <laughs> Sarcastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Says Mike Clark of USA Today. Uh, that's, that's why it's in quotes. All right, Mike Clark. <laughs> now <Sounds> in, made up. <laughs> that's a fake name. Now in Dead Ringers, an instant classic of psychological terror, he explores the disintegration of the human mind. With chilling and profound mastery, Cronenberg tells the story of identical twin gynecologist, Suave Elliot, <laughs> and introspective Beverly, opposite sides of one personality, who share the same practice, the same apartment, dot 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 and the same women then one special woman enters their lives and the twins their bizarre bond threatened for the first time descend into a whirlpool of sexual confusion drugs and madness hmm 
Did they call it an instant classic twice? No, I reread that uh, sentence. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> if they <laughs> really ran out of stuff to say, so let's just repeat that again. Yeah. All right, there. I thought that was a pretty good back of the box. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward, and let me know what it is, and, and it's an instant classic, and it's not the fly, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, they, they, I was pretty crafty. That marketing person was pretty good. They are like, in this movie disintegrates the body sounds great right over here we're going to disintegrate the mind so turn it down it's all up no, in your but head i think that that makes sense because it is like like i was saying it's not yeah. like a bodily horror it's like a psychological i horror. concur i think it's very accurate but it's also very well done to like set that high bar of remember this movie you liked mm-hmm. here's mm-hmm. another one kind of like it that person earned their paycheck <laughs> he sure did <laughs> my wife my wife doesn't like a lot of old 80s movies I love And she's younger than me. Mm -hmm. So you being even younger than my wife, I was surprised that this is one of your favorites. So I was just curious when you saw it. I thought you were going to ask her if she saw this in 1988. I was was going to say, I was born in 1988. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wasn't going to ask that. I didn't realize that's why I like it so much. Oh, it's my birth movie. (laughs) It's It's like your birthstone. Um, I saw this movie probably about like eight years ago or something. Like I I Mm. love older movies though. And... I think I saw it because I was just going through the whole Cronenberg list, like filmography. I hadn't heard of it before. It was more that I was like into kind of a Cronenberg phase. And then I was like, oh, what's this one? And then it ended up being my favorite. And yeah, a lot of people haven't heard of this movie. I was going to say, until you brought it up, I'd never heard of it. Me either. Which is such a crime because it is so good. I uh, let's, let's just go around the table. Emma would vehemently recommend this movie. Yes. 10 out of 10. I am kind of 50-50-ish, but maybe with Emma's help, mm-hmm. by the end of this episode, I will recommend it. Yeah. Peer pressure is what you're counting on here. <laughs> right. Between Emma and Rotten Tomatoes. John, what about you? Would I recommend it? Yes. Uh, if you like... You know what it kind of reminded me of? American Psycho. Yes. Uh, so if okay. you like that yeah, kind that of movie, uh, yeah, uh, I'd recommend it. I think I liked American Psycho more than this one, but it's not a bad movie. I just... Maybe because of the name, I expected more. Mm. I expected more of a horror type movie. And I understand it's more, you know, psychological. psychological. Jinx, yummy Coke. Yeah, that's twice now. This twin thing is really (laughs) creeping me out here. And then also when there's like that one scene where it is a little bit like gross. And I was like, oh shit, is the movie switching gears? But no, that was just to tease you. And then it going right back to not that. Being that it was a Cronenberg film, I really expected once that scene happened, I thought we were going to get a lot yeah. more of that. Like it was like, just going to tumble into like a visual grotesqueness that didn't come. Yeah. I was like, oh, so this is going to be another dream movie. I see what Emma likes, but no, no, it wasn't that. <laughs> no, I like weird surgical movies, yeah. apparently. Uh, <laughs> two for two, but you're coming back for a zombie one before. Yeah. And I do like that long. movie. What's so, the yeah. sibling situation in that movie, though? Does one of do one or both of them end up dead? I don't think there's any zombies. Zombie twins, oh, no or twins, zombie <laughs> brothers in Return of the Living Dead. Uh, zombie twins, that would be. There's a movie. Write that down for Grave Talk Studios. Okay, it's coming <laughs> up. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with you, John. It, it depends what you're looking for, and I think now if I could rewire my expectations and watch it again, I bet I'd like it more. I agree that it's very like American Psycho. Yeah. Like if you like American Psycho, you'll probably like this movie. But this movie actually, I th- and I love American Psycho, but I actually think this movie's a little bit deeper. Maybe not better because American Psycho is like perfect pretty much. But I think that it is a little bit deeper and it has more to say actually than American Psycho. I'd agree with that. Yeah. There's probably more layers to this movie than American Psycho. Now I just kind of want a Christian Bale remake. 
of Dead Ringers to see what he would do as two twins. Think you well, can pull that off? No, but did you see <laughs> in, your, in your research? Did you see they're going to make a TV show? Oh, are they? Yeah, an Amazon one with Raquel. No, about Dead uh, Ringers. The girl from uh, or about the American Mummy. Psycho. No, Dead Ringers. You're serious? Yeah, she's going to play. How, what would that even be? She's going to play uh, Jeremy Irons' character, but instead, it's like about gender swapped. Yeah, it's gender swapped, but I think it's also set more in the modern times and about the challenges that women face. And oh gonna, no, that she, sounds terrible. <laughs> is she going to be a dick and ball doctor? If are they? I think we're going to swap are, it. I think those are just doctors. No, no there's a, it'd be like a urologist. A urologist. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the correct term is dick and ball doctor yeah or like yeah okay i don't like any of what you just said by the way i know yeah no that makes me sad well don't watch that everyone. i didn't <laughs> i didn't fund it uh it's not coming out of I my hope it pocket. gets canceled <laughs> also uh, this could have been you know years ago and it never happened uh, if mark didn't find it in his in-depth studies so to be fair i forgot to do that part of the research oh okay i did all the other stuff well if uh if i made it up well you heard it here first later. <laughs> <laughs> and only here yeah i didn't make it up i don't remember where i saw it though well this one kicks off in 1954 we see a pair of twins walking down the 50s, the literal 50s, and uh, they're probably playing jacks, if I remember correctly. You know, the bouncing <laughs> the ball. Yeah. playing them. jacks no. in the uh, <laughs> Whatever. What else is associated with the 50s? Drinking a pop. Hold on. Some late breaking news. I totally didn't edit Wikipedia. It is on Wikipedia. And there has been an update uh, as of August 2nd, 2021. So Poppy Well, that means there's still Lou hope that it got canceled. was cast in the main role. That's on uh, Wikipedia. They're never wrong. No. It's always not. true. So Amazon, you heard it though from a super fan. Cancel this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the fifties. Uh, they're playing their records. They're listening to Elvis, and they're walking down the street. Um, um, there was no Elvis in the fifties, wasn't he? A sixties guy, late fifties maybe. Not in this era. We're gonna get hung up here on the details. No, no <laughs> it doesn't even matter. I can like see. Two I concede. You're right, Mark. Let's just move forward. So they're doing twin shit, and uh, they, the guy's like, hey, do you know, one of the twins is like, do you know why we have sex? And the other twin's like, no. And he goes, because we don't live in the water. And I was like, where, where are these two kids going with this? This is some interesting kid logic. Uh, but turns out, you know, seems sound. Uh, in the water, fish just sort of shit out their eggs, and, <laughs> and other fish put out their semen, and, you know, the currents do the rest. But since we don't live in the water, we don't have that same opportunity. So we got to have sex. The other kid's like, you know what? That sounds exactly right to me. Because they're twins, they're on the same page. Mark's still Googling Elvis, <laughs> even though I conceded the point. Heartbreak Hotel was number one in 1956. Late 50s. Mid. Mid. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Um, so then they go to this other girl who's, uh, other girl, there's only, it's not another girl, it's a girl. <laughs> She's chilling on the steps. Yeah, doing, playing jacks, listening to Elvis. <laughs> Probably leave it to beavers on in the background. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're like, hey. Will you have sex with us in our bathtub? It's an experiment. Are you kidding? Fuck off, you freaks. I'm telling my father you talk dirty. Besides, I know for a fact you don't even know what fuck is. It's for an experiment, they say. <laughs> you know what? Is, what are they trying to? What is their theory? What is their you know 
what's your proposal? I wanted to see him break down the experiment, right. you know, like it's a science fair project or something. You know, worst lines have probably been tried on women. Yeah. And do you want to have sex for an experiment? <laughs> but they genuinely are doing an experiment. This isn't like some weird child pickup line, right? You know what I mean? This yeah. seems like they legitimately have something in their brain that they want to test after a hypothesis was formed. So what is it? Uh, well, they're talking about how fish. Maybe they're going to try and impregnate her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like ejaculating into the bathtub. Oh, in the water. If yeah. If it works. Regardless of how they got there, they get resoundingly shut down as they should. Yeah. She swears like a sailor at him. I think she had every right to be a little bit offended. Though. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're not defending this by any means. It's just, it was weird. And I was like. What are they doing? Like, Who's that like really edgy comic? Lenny Bruce, right? Maybe she was a fan. Of, her dad, <laughs> big fan, played his records. And that's where she learned. Had all the this. LPs yeah. of old Lenny. Yeah. Well, Elvis and Lenny. Makes, yeah. That's the only records he has in his well, collection. That's it. So then it, this is where he just cuts to them in college now. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like those cuts. I think that that was a little bit. I agree. Forced feeling like they could have done the background info a little bit better. Like a montage of them growing up doing weird shit. It did show yeah. them playing with like anatomical like dolls though oh, remember true. and yeah. so it did show that they were actually already into anatomy and wanted to be doctors and they were pretending to do surgery not that this movie needs to be any longer because it's already almost two hours long but i'm kind of interested in what their parents were like right oh. you yeah. know gynecologist had to have been yeah lifelong <laughs> hereditary look sons you just put the leeches on the woman then she's all better <laughs> that's how they did it back in the 50s that's a, yeah before elvis yeah before, <laughs> before elvis taught the world about gynecology <laughs> thank you for your service elvis so then it's the 60s and they're in class and they're using some sort of weird forcep contraption a retractor retractor thank you i don't know any of these tools um but they're using You're not a, a surgery expert like uh, me apparently no. <laughs> I, my my uh, entire medical knowledge comes from the game of operation Oh, no. <laughs> all I know is just don't touch the sides of yeah. the body or you get shocked. I assume that's pretty much all you need to know. <laughs> that's how it really works. Okay? Yeah. They yes. you open. That's when the doctors know they're fucking up. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, shit. I was just trying to get the appendix. Yeah. That's what took takes, out his ribs. That's what takes so long in medical school. <laughs> mastering that game. Yeah. So he, yeah, the, 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 the teacher or whoever he is comes up. He's like, you know, you can't use that on a real life person, right? You're like, you're using it on a cadaver. And they're just like, whatever. Well, they had it made special is what it was. So they were already making their special tools yeah. back yeah, they're then. Like, we had this made for this. And he, yeah, he's like, oh, you can't use this. You don't even have leeches. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to them getting an award. For, for that same thing. Yeah. But then I was so confused because they call them undergraduates, but they seem to be in medical school, and I've never heard of undergraduates getting to work on a cadaver, like a you, human you, cadaver. You would know more than us maybe, on this. Oh, maybe they do, but... It was the 60s. There were no rules. Maybe they, that's true. Yeah, they weren't even I students just... at that school. They just walked in with a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> this was pre-Reagan, so anything yeah. went. There is the Wild West. Yeah. So Post-Elvis, the world was <laughs> a mess. <laughs> Before Elvis taught us about schools. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they did win an award very young. Well, they even yeah. said on stage, they're like, they're, the twins are already bringing in revenue or, or something to that effect. I'm like, wow. it was. They were saying it was like now the gold standard that they were using in surgery. Yeah. It was this retractor that they made. And so, yeah, they're like, it's showing that they're prodigies, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're medical prodigies. They already like they're trusted to invent their own stuff after that and do things their own weird way. And I think that's the setup for 
their weird clinic. <laughs> and so we first sort of see their dynamic, right? Because uh, Elliot goes to get the, they get a golden copy of their retractor. And he's like, you know, he gives his little speech about how great they are. And uh, he's like, yeah, I am the best. Thank you. The other one wasn't present, right? Right. So then yeah. he brings it back and we see that Bev had been like studying or whatever. And he's like, oh, you missed out on getting this. And he was like, no, I was there. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Magic. Right. Twin magic. No. So, <laughs> yes, this is where I start looking for that otherworldly tie-in yeah. that I thought Cronenberg was going to bring to this storyline. I was like, oh, they have some sort of psychic bond. Yes. So when one is out experiencing, the other one gets it too, and there's going to be some weird play like that. Nope. Uh, just regular twin magic. Nothing too crazy. <laughs> well, but I think it does play into the fact that I think in the end, you're supposed to think that they're more than twins. It's really supposed to be like one person split. Yeah. Could be the seeds they're starting to plant those right and so he gives up mm-hmm. uh, uh gives him the his golden award and he's like oh they put the pin in backwards yeah that's all he cares about yeah. he's not like like super overjoyed he's more like oh they fucked it up uh, so you <laughs> start to see their like split in personality uh you know at this early age or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and they cut again and now they're doctors in like the total recall clinic now this is the plan get your ass to moss Let's see, I think it's like 1988, right? It's present time. Uh, They've opened their own practice. We're seeing the personalities of the two twins more in depth now, right? Bev is more reserved. Elliot is more outgoing. The first patient... Do we meet him with... He's working on... Claire. Claire. And he's... uh, uh, I don't I think it's Elliot first, right? So this was confusing to me. I had not yet gotten my bearings on which is which. So who introduced... Who, who met the actress first? Was Bev? It's Bev, because he's like, also remember, he's kind of like, who cares that it's Claire, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. she has this crazy cervix, you know? Like, yeah, it's just But three. Elliot's the one that's like, you mean the famous actress? Because Bev goes in to get him and be like, you gotta go feel this. It's really crazy. She has three cervixes. That's Seems right. like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think zero is the appropriate amount for us. Okay, thank yeah. you. Thank you, Dr. John. So Bev meets this... this uh, He's actually... He's really fascinated. That's what I was going for. He's really fascinated by this woman, and he doesn't really care about her being famous. And I think that might draw Claire to him is that he's not, like, starry-eyed by seeing an actress, and he's just interested in her. Although it's Elliot that ends up picking her up first, because he goes in there, and then he starts flirting with her. Right. And then we find out that they hooked up. And then they reveal that they've been doing this very disgusting practice of... Trading women and pretending to be the same individual. I know. It's crazy. It's so gross. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, I mean, it's sexual assault. You can't trick someone into having sex. That's fucked up. And this clearly is not the first time this has happened for no. them. No, they say that they always do it, right? That you you haven't had sex with someone unless I've also had sex with them. And that's like, they say that later. And yeah. it's like, ew, Yeah, you'd still be a weird. virgin if it wasn't for yeah. me sharing the women around. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, this is bad. And my wife made a point. She's like, I kind of wish they would have shown how this particular disgusting pickup method went down and it was different from the other times. Like she wanted to see one normal go through uh-huh. and then see how like, hey, Bev met this one first because now he's acting all weird. And later on, he's like, I don't want to share with you. This moment was for me alone. You know, stuff like that. I think, he I think that's just his connection with her, yeah. though. You know, mm-hmm. you fall in love with somebody like it's not necessarily because of anything in particular like i think that in the past he'd always just you know elliot picked him up and then he also so, hooked up with them and then they were just like well that's it that's that conquest so the only difference is that he fell in love this time yes mm-hmm. okay and he, he says that because in like later in the movie he's like in the past this never bothered me didn't care at all you know and, and 
And she's like, uh, like this time it does. You know, it was more subtle than that, but that's generally the dialogue he's given out. So. Okay. So also, I just have to say, I love the part where he says that beauty contests should be for the inside yeah. bodies too. Perfect liver. And I, yeah. and I thought that was really like crimes of the future too. And oh. I was like, I wonder if they're going to see that these, why I thought they were connected. Like yeah. you can see that throughput. Right. And then now he's slicing people over and tattooing body parts in 2022. But also weirdly that line that Elliot says is kind of what, gets Claire like interested. That's like his flirting. Cause she's like, really? You think that I'm yeah. beautiful on the inside? And I'm like, that's really weird. That yeah. wouldn't work on me. Wouldn't the whole concept <laughs> of being flirted with at the gynecologist just be weird? Yeah, Doesn't no, that seemed like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> like a place where anyone would go to get picked up. <laughs> He's really into my liver. Yeah. I like this guy. <laughs> also, I just, you're not going to have any kids. Hey, do you want to go out sometime? Maybe like, well, and then she's like at a dinner with her agent or someone yeah. and then he's there too. And I'm not sure how yeah. that happened, but then he's like, let's talk about your periods. And then the agent's like, Oh my God, periods. And he gets all freaked out and he leaves. It's very, 80, and that's so. whatever Elliot's basically like, all right. Let's now see that we're cervix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now that we got rid of him, huh? I mean, but that's not proper dinner etiquette. I would agree. No, I agree. You don't go to a fancy but restaurant and be like, funny three though. cervixes, eh? So you no, know, I agree. Trouble? It was a weird thing to talk about yeah. at dinner, but hey, it was waiter, also just get a load of this. Yeah, it was, <laughs> <laughs> was pre-HIPAA, though. They could talk about people's medical history. No problem. You're right. No rules back then. That's true. <laughs> um, Elvis hadn't passed HIPAA yet, so you could just do whatever. Uh-huh. For me, this first 40 minutes is kind of a slog. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a little bit of a workup to get going. I think they're, just, they're really trying to get you to know the characters. But it's important, I guess, because you know, you'd be able to tell these two people apart. So right. they probably just want you to spend a lot of time with them. I don't yeah. know that it helped me that much, but I'm bad at this kind of shit. It, it is a slow start, but I don't mind slow movies. So maybe that's why it didn't bother me. Like, Yeah, it, I just felt like by the time the movie wrapped, like, did it matter that Claire was like... She wanted to get pregnant, but then like that's thrown out the window and then they're like, well, I was promiscuous. I and, think like, that that all these does details. matter it because does. I think that like, for instance, it goes into that whole like duality of feminine and masculine is like Bev versus Claire, like in the traditional way, Claire is, she's the one that's kind of the instigator of sex and she's more mm. promiscuous. Whereas Bev would have been a virgin if it wasn't for Elliot, which is gross and everything. But like, he's very shy he's very clinical about everything. And it, yeah. she is the aggressor when it comes to sex with him, which is why she, I really think she should have noticed right away that like, he wasn't like, yeah, let's go. She had to be like, let's go. You're right. And like that she, that makes sense. And it gives a lot of depth to her as a character, because I think that she could easily be seen as like a bad guy it, because you'd only see really Elliot's side, but instead, because you get to know her and she is being vulnerable, and it also shows like she's so vulnerable with them that like she is also, you know, more hurt than it wasn't just hooking up. Like she also was being open and falling in love, mm-hmm. and like her talking about like you know how hard it is for her, and because like Elliot's very like oh it's a another actress who thinks that her life is not complete without kids but she's being open about how she really always wanted this and she's Mm -hmm. been taking hormone injections and she's seen lots of doctors and she'd been holding out hope and so it hurt her really bad to find out that no it's never going to happen and I think it also shows you like 
as a woman, I noticed that like then she right away jumped into like having sex with him. And I think that's her coping mechanism is that she is super hurt because he's like, you want to talk about this now? And she's like, yeah, you said the test results were going to be back. And so he's like, no, you'll never have a child. Like, it just won't happen. Was that post-sex, though, right? No. And then she was like, she's all upset. And then she all of a sudden is basically like, let's go and starts kissing Mm -hmm. on him and everything. And I think that was it's showing a little bit about who she is and that she's not just like because I think Elliot tries to paint her as like she's just kind of a bipolar actress but she's not she's a more complex person and that's what Bev sees and that's what we are supposed to see as the audience instead of just seeing Elliot's side whereas if we didn't get all that time with Claire I don't Mm -hmm. think that we would see it and we would right away be kind of anti-Claire but I think that's the audience you're supposed to feel torn because you see Elliot's side and Claire's side when they're kind of fighting over Bev okay See. Claire has my favorite line in the movie. She says she never even had contraceptive thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> that like, was okay. a really good line. I do love it when he's like, you know, there's other reasons to yeah. use contraceptives too. <laughs> <laughs> no, she never even had thoughts. Okay. So, uh, but it's also like an interesting kind of time capsule of, I guess, femininity to your point where like, yeah. And she's like, look, if I don't have a kid, I fail as a woman. I'm just not uh, a complete woman without a kid. I know some people still think that way, but like nowadays it feels like that is much less of a, pressure like on people and no women. definitely right the the women are expected to be mothers right yeah. that's like all their they for the longest time that was your goal that yeah. was your aspiration as a woman and you can correct me if i'm wrong at all because i'm off a ma'am and i talk out my ass sometimes Men. so Ugh. i am <laughs> a man I, I would say that yeah that's part like when she has that little soliloquy about like how she will never be a woman she'll always be a girl that is really not about that being correct as much as showing her psychology mm-hmm. and like, why is she want this? Like she, you know, she wants to mature in her life. I think she feels kind of stuck. And like, I think we see that with her is that that's why she does use sex and drugs to kind of like help her cope with her. She seems to have issues with depression in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And you know, that she tries to cover it up and she has to keep being, you know, this actress that is, you know, has it all, but really she doesn't. And she's being very open about that whenever she's like, for me, you know, this is how I feel. That's interesting. Yeah. It's uh, the societal expectations and coping with that. Or just her personal expectations expectations. also like, is that, you know, maybe, I mean, I agree back then it was much more like you have to have a baby. And so there was that pressure on her, but like she also, I think that it was showing that she wasn't just another actress that was like, I need to have a kid because I'm supposed to have a kid that I thought it was more that she was trying to show. Like, she's like, I don't, I'm not happy with my life. I thought that this would maybe fix it. And that's not a good way to go about having a kid, (laughs) but it's showing us something about her is that it's not just like for publicity or for standards. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's because she's like unhappy. And then Bev gives her happiness whenever they do have sex, like that he uses that medical tubing and the clamps as bondage gear. I thought that that was really creative. (laughs) (laughs) And and that would have been probably Elliot, right? No, that's Bev. That's Bev. Yeah. And that's like whenever they have sex after she's like, you know, I'm never going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And then that's whenever he comes home and Elliot's like, well, tell me all about it. And Bev's like, no, I'm going to keep this one to myself that they always share the details. Right. And yeah, Elliot's all Frodo like, Mm -hmm. okay, then keep your secrets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But also in their professional life, Elliot's been given a job opportunity to teach at a hospital. So Elliot's going to kind of move out of the practice a little bit. And Bev is starting to feel the pressure of having to take on more patients. He's like, wait a minute, we're a team here. 
You get Elliot, you get the Bev. That's how this works, you know? Yeah. It's always well, painful when a tag team breaks up. Yeah, it and always like, is. Bev has to do all of the research. And so Elliot turns it into the papers and presents on them. And so even though that is what he's good at is the behind the scenes, I think that he brings it up a couple times in the movie that he does seem to feel a little bit like he has the brunt of the work on him and that's not fair. And maybe there is a resentment building up between them. See some cracks in the uh, the bond. But it must be said that public speaking and stuff is its own stress. That's true. Like, I think Bev doesn't understand that, but it's, it's a lot of work to get up in front of people. Put now your voice out I there. I like public speaking. Really? Yeah. I hated it. I Anytime like I to, to have it. people pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> I want the attention. I was like, the opposite is like, don't look at me. Yeah, now you have a podcast. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> no one sees me. They just hear my voice. But you oh. know everyone's going to hear it. No one listens to us. <laughs> That's just what I tell myself. That's why I never look at our numbers. I'm like, it's audience of what? Now I just think, okay, I know Emma listens. And, We're doing the show uh, for you. Sister. Yeah. Okay, audience okay. of two. It's already there getting too many. <laughs> See, I think this makes me more nervous because it's like going to keep existing. And so if I say something stupid, mm -hmm. people can listen to it over and over mm -hmm. again. But normally when you're public speaking, nobody's recording you. And so True. if you take, make like a terrible joke, like everyone well, just I've groans. Well, i out and all of John's racist <laughs> comments over yeah, the years. Like that just gets thrown right out. But so I, I've been turning it up, but he's so good <laughs> at it. I cannot get any through. <laughs> so where are we at now? Well, they are wearing those crazy red surgical outfits. I just want to say that that was right. so crazy and weird and very Cronenberg. Yeah. I, I was like, do they literally wear this stuff in no. hospitals? No. Describe the outfit. It is like a red almost like robe tunic or yeah. something yeah with like there's like a a cloak kind of over it and it's got like a turtleneck type neck and they there's like a veil type thing <laughs> that they wear it's just very absurd and it's bright bright blood red and then they wear like skin colored gloves that i was at first like oh my god or their hands exposed, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, they're wearing gloves. That was very otherworldly. Again, that was kind of piquing my interest. Like, mm -hmm. oh, we're going somewhere, but it's not. It's just a taste, a little hint. Like, this is a Cronenberg film, don't forget. It's got, like, sprinkles of Cronenberg. Yeah, just yeah. sprinkles of Cronen. Like, on they're the on top of vanilla. I think yeah. it does show that they're very eccentric. I wouldn't be surprised if the twins invented that outfit as, like, part of their thing oh. because they are known to have these, like, outlandish, you know, ways and that they're very known as, like, you know, cutting edge and everything. Just, like, whenever they have that door that opens in between the two rooms and mm -hmm. it's, like, I was, like, why and what? <laughs> <laughs> are they using their own tools at this point? Like, they built... Yeah, and he's talking about, like, their fallopian tube surgery that they invented where they can take other parts mm -hmm. of the body to recraft it and I guess is like a, a really thing that only they can do. That's what makes them so exceptional. Oh, I just wanted to say this quote is that Ellie says, to achieve anything in life, you have to keep life simple. And I think that that really actually was important for Ellie and that I hadn't noticed in previous watchings that mm. he said that because I think that that goes to show why is it so upsetting whenever Bev falls in love and things get complicated because their life has always been very simple and selfish also. Yeah, Elliot is very like, we've got a path. This is the path we don't deviate. Mm -hmm. the, the playbook is already there. And Let's all that matters is them. Um, so then it goes to Claire and how she's she takes amphetamines. So her, her coping mechanisms with the drugs is starting to bleed into Bev, right? They're yeah. dating each other. She starts giving him 
She takes uppers, she takes downers, yeah, she takes Mm -hmm. sleeping meds. Although Ellie says she's drug-seeking, but I don't think that's... Because he tries to say that's the only reason why she likes them. But I don't think that's true, because she kind of already had a bunch of drugs. And like she said, like, when you're an actress, people are friendly, or doctors are friendly. And so I think that he just is trying to write her off, yeah. you know? And she's split them up, right? Yeah. Since they create distance between Bev and, and her. Yeah. Claire is not actively seeking prescriptions from him. He's the one that goes, let me be your pill guy. Yeah. And he starts and writing he starts the prescriptions. And then stealing her meds. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a scene where he comes over, he's like, I need something. She's like, I don't have anything. And he writes her a prescription. Oh, that's like way later. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's like yeah, yeah. when the descent is fully on, you know, he's like, go mm-hmm. get these pills for me. Yeah, it's like crazy how they end they up there. They don't teach you that in D.A.R.E. <laughs> no. I also like I couldn't believe it whenever she made fun of Beverly's name though like because at that point that's the only time where I was like every time I watch it I'm like I really think she does care about him but why is she like prodding him and trying to hurt him right then like you know like why is she making fun of his name I think I don't know if she knew she was doing it I think it was more maybe like a playful like why is your name Beverly that's a girl's name she doesn't say it like that that's true she's pretty aggressive about it yeah she's pretty mean about it Maybe it doesn't fit into her clear-cut, black-and-white, male-female world, you know? And so she's, like, she's reacting to the fact that this person that she likes sort of has this off name. So when she's also talking about how she doesn't know that he had a brother. She doesn't know that they're twins yet. He's like, oh, I'm not close to my brother. Yeah, and, oh, my God. Right. Like, oh, Why like, did he lie like yeah, that? There's like, no need. You thought this was going to... This was a good idea that there was no way. Especially when it turns out everyone else knows about yeah, them being like twins <laughs> and they're famous and stuff. And he just yeah, thought she wouldn't like, know. It's like finding out Mary Kate has an Ashley Olsen. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. If they're that prominent in the medical world, you think you would know. Especially if she's been to so many gynecologists. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's, she got referred to them like. The mantle twins. Like yeah, doctor. They were able to keep that third Olsen, Wanda. Uh, she was a secret for a long time and she burst out. <laughs> she's not a twin, though. <laughs> That's true. She's, she's not just one of the, the twins. younger sister. <laughs> but That's I like, fair. I like where you're going with <laughs> yeah. that. Secret Olsen. Hello. That's, that was to me. I was like, holy shit, there's a third? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It was like Star Wars, you know, there's another. Uncle Joey in a Jedi robe. Oh. Cut it out. There's a third. <laughs> so, um, right. So he, there's like a, almost like a Freudian slip or something letting her like, I don't think Bev wanted to reveal that there was a brother, yeah. right? but he's so close to him. It just kind of comes out. She's like, Oh, you got a brother. Do you, how did she go oh, to the yeah. clinic called the, tw- you know, whatever the twins and not know like it's oh, not called the <laughs> twins, <laughs> the twins gynecologist is what I assume it's it called. Says the doctor twins yeah. on the door. <laughs> Two for one, you know? Yeah, you're right. I think we just found a yeah, issue with the is- movie. But maybe, you know, maybe it's supposed to show that she is so wrapped up in herself mm-hmm. and her own career and stuff that she just kind of goes wherever people recommend her and she didn't even know where the hell she was. You She's know, like, she yeah. just add another doctor. You know? I was blitzed out of my mind. Yeah, so was, yeah. <laughs> didn't know if I was coming or going. OK, she was hammered on barbiturates yeah. coming off the set of Magnum P.I. Yeah. and then just went straight to the doctor's office from a taxi and she didn't even look it up in the yellow pages or anything. Yeah, it was yeah. like uh, just some Hunter S. Thompson shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Halfway to the clinic when the drugs hit. Went through bat country. Yes. Yeah. 
And this, this, so yeah, it's like a, it's like a luncheon, right? Out at some yeah. fancy restaurant and this kind of proper old lady is like sitting there talking to her and she's taking such joy almost. And like, Oh yeah, she's, Oh, bitch. you didn't yeah. know that they were twins. You seem really rattled right now, Claire. What was it that I said? Which word was it? And like, just wait, like salivating at what's going yeah. on. I was like, this is interesting. Maybe like, she's like, wants roles that Claire gets. You know, and she's like, oh, I could take her down with twins. I know what it is. Yeah. Claire replaced her. She started getting all oh, the roles when she got too old. That's it. You also, I don't even think mm-hmm. she was that old. She's like 40. <laughs> right. Mark, she, she really wasn't. She's like, like, she's like, like she wasn't She's one old. of the golden girls, literally. <laughs> no, it's probably that thing in the 80s where everybody looked older that than they true. are. Yeah. You know, everyone. Because I also thought that about Claire. I was like, how old is Claire? I could not tell you. I couldn't peg an age. I think she's probably supposed to be like late 30s. That would make sense that your like fertility window is closing. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a baby, it's now or never. And a lot of their patients seem to be mm-hmm. in that age bracket okay. because they are, they're gynecologists, but they're specializing in fertility treatments. Mm-hmm. And so that would make sense that they're going to see like, you know, younger middle-aged women. Yeah, that makes sense. And there was also that scene too that was interesting where Claire is at uh, on site for one of the, the roles she's doing and she gets really upset with the costume designer for making oh, yeah. her look like a hooker and i was yeah, like that was showing her just being like such a bitch <laughs> yeah there's yeah. no hidden meaning to that i was like oh maybe she doesn't want to be seen like that anymore like or a, being a diva yeah, yeah. like i think that she, you know because she's like supposed to be some kind of huge actress right i didn't get that i got like television actress she's in a mini series right so it's a career right. on decline in the mini 80s series were big in the 80s <laughs> no I, I now i think they're bigger now like oh shit you're like on a stranger things back then it's like oh you're doing like a cbs six episode thing mm, that's that's yeah. on the you're on the decline maybe that there. is it i mean like maybe that's part of why she wants to have a baby because she feels like her career is ending this is a good time for her to have a baby Mark's move on to another part of her life yeah, like, Mark's like look at this older actress like <laughs> i know what are you 90 you can't even have a kid <laughs> yeah that that's true so extra pressure i, I think you're right career is ending mm-hmm. time to have a baby like a good tv show you know when the ratings start to dip yeah, you right, had in a baby. baby. <laughs> it never goes wrong. So they introduced a new kid in growing pains. Yeah. Whenever Michael Seaver got too old. Show me that smile again. Oh my god, I remember that. that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they put a new they oh the, literally they put a new pair of twins in full house when Ashley Olsen and Mary Kay got too yeah. old. Twins too. It was the Jesse twins. I yeah. remember that now. Oh, yeah, they they that all was, that was ugh. a big thing. Everyone had baby you had babies constantly, so TGIF. <laughs> so then she goes and meets both of them and she right away knows what's up at that lunch. Like But she doesn't she like she knows she's been having sex with both of them. Yeah. She sees right through them. Oh yeah. Shit. Well, cause she I think she like she says, whenever you've been intimate with twins, don't you think you could tell them apart? And that's her being like, hint, hint, I know, you know, and they're like, oh, I don't know, basically. And she's like, okay, well, I know that you guys have both been fucking me. Did the scene come before or after the reveal where she's like, sometimes you're like another person, you know, you remember that whole scene where oh, she's like talking yeah, to him? I think yeah. that was before I know, the that reveal. was before. I think she knew. I think that that's the thing is that she, when she found out that they were twins, she realized like, oh. Oh, that's what they're doing yeah. because that's why, because she said you seem schizophrenic, which is really the wrong term because it's really more like multiple, multiple personalities. Yeah. But like she was saying like, you seem like two different people, you know? And then as soon as she realized that they're identical twins, she's like, oh, because they are two different people. <laughs> well, see what happened was, is that Bev mm-hmm. is getting too involved with the mark. 
right? For the con. He's getting too involved and now they can... Yeah, he fell in love. The Mark yeah. can see the different, the different personalities. Yeah. So yep. Ellie was like, we got to get in, we got to get out. That's how this con yeah. works and you're blowing it, Bev. Elliot's like, we don't love them hoes. And Bev's like, I do. <laughs> I do. No, that's a good point because even if their personalities weren't different, you would feel different with a person that you're in, like who's in love with you than someone who is just yeah. like having fun with you. And so whenever they're seeing her, you know, like she would be able to yeah, realize her, there was a difference. From right. her perspective, he must be like so hot and cold. Like, <laughs> well, no, yeah. Like, oh, you know, you're like in love with you. And then the next day, like, oh, just why don't you keep a distance there, buddy? Even like, Claire <laughs> says the line of something to the effect of sometimes you're a lousy lay. <laughs> and then sometimes yeah, no, you're awesome. No, he, she actually says sometimes you're just a good lay. Okay. And sometimes you're like more than that. Okay. And so I she's sh- like, so they're I both good and bad. Lousy lay. That would have been better. <laughs> yeah. That's what tore him apart. That's the downgrade. The rest of the movie is I'm figuring out which one was the good lay <laughs> and which one's the more than that. Look, some used the medical tubing. The other one didn't. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's, that's the difference. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so they go out to dinner and they're like, okay, we got to play this off. You know, Elliot's just like, this is going to be fun. You know, he's got that attitude of like, this is great. Well, I think he wants it to be over because yeah. he knows that Bev is falling in love with her. And so he's kind of like, yeah, let's meet her and let's have her yeah. get pissed he at us. He knows it's going to be a disaster, but he wants it to be so that they can continue yeah. on the life that he has planned for the team. Yeah. Like, let's just get this Claire over with and then we'll move on. So which one of them is the name that they were both going under? Was it Bev? Right. It was yeah. Beverly, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So Elliot has to pretend Hey, look at me. Nice to meet you. Yeah. And then she immediately just goes right through the ruse. She's like, let's yeah. not fuck around. Yeah. You both were screwing me. She's like, look, I thought I'd seen it all in the movie business, but you too. Yeah. You I've are. been involved in some gross shit, but this is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, look, this is Hollywood in the 80s. And somehow you <laughs> surpassed that. Yeah. What are you on? Crack cocaine right now? <laughs> As a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, and Elliot's just having a good time with it. He's like, yep. Yeah. Figured us out, whatever. You got us. Like, dude, that's yeah. like a crime. That is a crime that you committed. And Bev's over there just like, oh, no, this is terrible. Yeah. And then she throws water in Bev's face. And it's like, does she say it? It's some of the effect that I never want to see you again. Yeah. More or less, right? Yeah. Um, she walks off and Elliot's like, good. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Done and done. He's like, do you want me to go talk to her? Like, uh, I don't think anything you have to say would I help the situation. <laughs> Um, but he's clearly broke and he's like, no, let her go. You know, and in the, in the just the days following, he's just a mess. He can't get and, himself back together. And then he gets so drunk at that award show. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's the cringiest thing. He's stumbling through the hall of this hotel down to the, the banquet hall where they're having a, another award ceremony. Look, he made another clamp thingy. <laughs> Here's your golden clamp number three <laughs> or whatever's going on. Look, don't you dismiss the golden clamp. That is the highest award in gynecology. So It really is. Sorry. He's I'm a triple sorry. clamper. <laughs> it's hard to grasp the triple clamp. Yeah, it's you know. rare. All right? It's like the ERCOT of gynecology. <laughs> so, yeah, Bev is just stumbling through. He goes and sits in the back. Elliot's up there giving a nice speech about everything and how, it, you know, the both of them have worked really hard to get to where they're at. And he's like, I'm back here. Yeah, Clank. no, he's like, too bad. Basically, Bev can't be here. And he's like, I'm here. And he, like, stands up all drunk and he goes up there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I just got a couple things to say really quick. And you know, if a drunk person tells you, I just got a couple of things to say. Yeah, no, don't let them say no. it. <laughs> Nothing good's happening. Yeah, when Elliot lets him start talking, I'm like, no. <laughs> like, Cut the I thought mic. you knew your brother. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he clearly is in a bad spot. What is, he basically gives up the ruse. He's like, doesn't he? We are tricking all of y'all. Like, I do all the work. Elliot is the face of this operation. Also, we tag team women, but they don't even know it. We're just terrible people. And Elliot's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's had too much to drink. Can you believe it? The Everyone, things he says when he's drunk, huh, ladies like, and gentlemen? And then they all just clap for him. Like, oh, that's so funny. Honestly, like, like Elliot dealing with it like that is kind of impressive. Yeah. It was his, his extra version, though, that he's able to, like, you know, be a chameleon, be go with it, and be That's like, oh, "Look at Bev's just drunk because I would have just died." <laughs> yeah, he really jujitsued that. He's like, "We've all been there, right?" Like, uh, no, I don't think so. No. But, okay, who hasn't tricked women? Am yeah. I right? <laughs> but yeah, then he falls over, and then he's got to get he uh, Bev gets escorted out. Yeah, Beverly goes to see Claire, and she's like, "Tell me how sorry you are and how much you missed yeah. me." Pretty much, yeah, admits like, you know, you're different than all the others. Basically, I'm falling in love with you, and then she takes him back. Yep. Yeah, because I think she really missed him, too. Yeah, she is also falling for him. Yeah, but like, could you overcome that betrayal? That seems like a lot. I mean, for Jeremy Irons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess so. Either Two version. Jeremy Irons, Whoa. I would have been down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he admits to her, like, yeah, it never bothered me before our con game until you. That means he loves me. Yeah. Oh, the words he uses. <laughs> I am smitten immediately. It's so like, I can come bring, on, lady. Well, she is a very damaged, you know, person. Okay. She's also dealing with a lot. She's depressed and mm-hmm. she is apparently, you know, infertile. I mean, I could see it. She's in a, a desperate spot and then he's in love with her and, and a rich her doctor and special uh, and i don't think that i mean she's probably has plenty of her own money yeah true yeah. so but well, prominence how about that she's more famous than him Mary for prominence yeah a little I, bit lower than an actor well she's like uh, i bring up basic decency in you well that's all i need <laughs> <laughs> and then they start doing pills and bev starts losing time right he's waking up and she's like no it's like sunday and he's like oh like, yeah. You got to go to the office. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Call in and tell them I'm not going to make it for my first like three patients. Yeah. And he starts yeah, becoming really pill dependent. And that's whenever he has that dream. A very Cronenberg moment. The dream is that both of the brothers are lying in bed. Um, one of them is having relations with Claire or they're making out. Yeah. And the other one is behind the other. And sort of watching. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, I don't want him to watch us. And so they turn, and the, the camera pans down, and they are connected by this, not like a skin flap. It's a m- bit more than that. It's this like, tube, like almost like an umbilical. Yeah. Thick, well, thick umbil- umbilical they like grown cord. together. I actually think that it's supposed to be like the like most famous original Siamese, quote-unquote, twins mm-hmm. um, that they talk about later, mm. is that they were actually only connected through, like, their liver or something. That was just, like, this one thing between them. They okay. weren't, oh. like, fused, like, very closely. It was like there was, like, a weird appendage thing between them. Okay. And so that comes up so much, I think, that it was supposed to be, like, those conjoined twins. Okay. So, yeah. And then Claire just comes in. It's Claire, right? Mm-hmm. She comes in and starts gnawing and chewing at the, oh, it's so gross. the oh. fleshy connection and tears out, I guess, almost like a liver, right? It's like a big red, yeah. disgusting piece of meat. And the sound, like the Foley sound effect work is just so good. It's, it's all like really pulsing gross. and everything, yeah. veiny. And, 
Very good work on that. Can you Cronenberg. imagine? Like, here, I'll separate you guys. No, 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 no. For Jeremy Irons, apparently. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> I will not separate the two Siamese irons. <laughs> and then he bursts awake in terror. I'd be scared, right? Yeah. Uh, but definitely showing that this is happening in real life to the twins. They're starting to get separated. Um, yeah, he's by feeling Claire. it. Yeah. And at the same time, then we see a scene of Elliot calling in two hookers. Yeah, and they're identical twins. Yeah. And he's like, so I can tell you guys apart, I want one of you to call me Bev and one of you to call me Elliot. That's, and that's weird. That's so Very. weird. I was like, what is going on here? Well, I think he's missing their little con game. Yeah. I think the trickery was part of like I, what no, he enjoyed about I it. Don't, I don't think it's the con of it. I think that he has this closeness with him and oh, he's missing yeah. like that twin thing and he's feeling okay. like he doesn't have it because yeah, Bev that makes more has sense. his own stuff going on. You know, his relationship with Claire is private. He doesn't tell him about their yeah. sex, about their relationships, about anything, you know, like, and so Elliot is kind of lonely in a way. Like, you know, he's missing his brother. Like, he doesn't have that other half of him. Yeah, they don't see show them having, like, other friends or, like, yeah. lives outside of each other until Claire. So that makes, yeah, that does make sense. Like a separation anxiety of some kind, oh, big maybe? Time. Huge separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bev starts having withdrawals, and it starts affecting everything he does. Like, you see mm-hmm. scenes of him shaking, and he's trying to do operations and stuff. And yeah. it's just like... Whatever. Imagine how. Like, again, I don't pretend to know anything about any sort of medical procedures, but there's like a blanket over a lady and what looks like a dipstick for oil. Well, it's like a laparoscopic surgery. And so that's like where you do it with like cameras and through just tiny holes so that you don't have to cut someone open and have as much exposed. But the way he was jamming that in. scars. That looked like he would have just mutilated that poor woman the way he was going. I think surgery's a lot rougher than you think it is. is. Yeah. Like, okay. But it is scary really for him to be shaky. Like, I mean, that's pretty yeah. technical stuff. Like, you don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Uh, and then it, it, there's a scene of him, like, doing an exam on a woman using his clamp, right? And then he starts using it on her. She's clearly not having it. It's like, this hurts. Uh, yeah as a woman seeing that that tool that he's using oh my god that's terrifying (laughs) she does not look like she's in enough pain honestly are these the tools he invents like these torture tools okay well that well that was his like weird retractor that he made but it was for the second generation surgical retraction Mm. not a gynecological exam okay and so it's supposed to be like when you have someone open like keep things apart Versus putting it in like a speculum. Mm, to Sounds me, terrible. <laughs> to me, the closest reference points I had was going to a shoe store and they would measure my foot. It, it does like, look it like It looks that. like a foot measuring yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That <laughs> terrible. Like, I don't want that jammed in me. He's so mean to her, too. Right. Like, he's like, you think this hurts? Oh, you know. And, oh, that was he's whenever like, he says, like. That she's been having sex with a dog. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's like, like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah, he uh, starts saying women's bodies are all wrong. It's the tools that are isn't perfect. That after Claire leaves, though, right? Claire is left to go shoot a film. Oh, yeah. She goes to, like, You're Paris right. and that's, or something. Because, like, he's really spiraling after she leaves. You're right. So, yeah, she's she's going to head off and go do a shoot, and she's going to be gone, be gone for, like, several months. Yeah, which is um, normal. And he's clearly like, don't leave. I need you. And she's like, I got to go. He's way too dependent, you know, because he's replaced Elliot 
mm-hmm. with Claire. And so he's used to that kind of codependency. Yeah. yeah. And Claire doesn't have that. Like, she's like, no, I'm a whole person, you know? <laughs> this is a prime example of he just needs to learn how to be with himself. That's yeah, it. He needs he really to have can. a relationship yeah. with him right mm-hmm. now. So A little too clingy. I'm surprised yeah. she didn't walk away from it because I would have been like, uh-uh. Yeah, Dude, we're done here. Stage five for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the spiral continues and he decides he's going to call Claire. Yeah. And he starts talking to her manager. I think it's assistant. Uh, I think it's like her, yeah. Her, her assistant. assistant. And immediately goes to cheat. He he's also seems cheating. like he's drunk or something. Though. Yeah. He's, like, he's being really weird. He's like, look, I'm her gynecologist and she's a mutant. Yeah. Like, like, put what? your fingers in and you'll feel all her services. <laughs> like, oh my God. And the guy's face on the other end is pretty good. He's just like, yeah, oh, he's like, ew. <laughs> turns out he's gay later. And that, that was pretty funny. Like, yeah. You just turned him completely gay <laughs> yeah. with, that, with that phone call. Like when he hangs, he doesn't hang up, but he like, because when he's done, a patient walks in and he's like, just all, oh, he's all crying, curled, and, like, up curled and crying up. on a chair. And he's like, oh, hi, nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. <laughs> And as that patient, she should have turned around and walked out immediately. I think like, she did. The look on her face was like, I don't want you anywhere near my vagina. No, I don't even have one. And I felt the same. Yeah, same. <laughs> Why didn't Beverly ever attempt to talk to Claire again during this descent? Because this is it. This is the kickoff of just the spiral down to the end of the film. I think that he felt so betrayed that he was sure that that was another man. You know, she also had said she had been promiscuous in the past. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they ever even talked about being like exclusive. No, so, I don't think so. But and I so feel he just assumes that she's out there cheating with whoever. Cause she also said she was going to do that to try and get pregnant, you know? And so he just completely writes her off at that point. Cause then he comes to Elliot and remember Elliot is basically like, you know, you need me. And Bev is like, yeah, you're right. Like I chose wrong. And that's why he doesn't try and reach out to her again, because I think he feels like he can only have one other person that he's like close to at a time. Mm -hmm. And so he picks one. And that's Elliot also tries to help him detox and tries to help him get out of his funk with his weird threesome suggestion thing where they're dancing. That was the weirdest part of the movie for me. Yeah. I guess just to to, to button that other part up, though, is like as someone who would have been so in love with this person and you didn't ever speak to them personally about the situation and just assume and just go headfirst into the drugs and just assume what you thought was true without having that person say, yes, I cheated on you. I actually think a lot of people would feel that way. He's just not emotionally mature. It is effectively his first relationship. Yeah. So, you know, think of like all the bumps and bruises maybe you made when you like, you know, in middle school or whatever. And he's making them now at 35. Uh, uh, he was 40 in college. So he's at least 67 <laughs> now. So, you know, so like he's, he's just learning how to have a relationship. And I don't think he, you know, he's not doing it very successfully. Well, listeners, you come here for dating advice and let me give you a little bit. Make sure to just communicate with the other person. This whole thing could have been avoided if they just talked it out. Yeah, if you think they're cheating, make sure they tell you, I am cheating. Yes, <laughs> get confirmation, preferably in writing. Yeah, uh, d- d- <laughs> uh, counter advice, just never talk to the person you're married or dating to. And do yeah. drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. One of these is good advice. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you pick which one. Right, so then Elliot is trying to get Bev back into a better state of mind. And he's like, listen, uh, like he's Bev is just like on the couch, crashed out, being a mopey mess. Bev is dancing with this woman. I think it was the same woman from that ceremony. Yeah, I think she's like another doctor. And she's been kind of like 
casually seeing Elliot, it seems like. And he's like nudging her, like, go talk to Bev. And she's just like, okay, let's, yeah, let's like, do this. Yeah, she's like, you want to dance? Yeah. And Bev's he, got like vomit on his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't showered in three weeks. Yeah, he is a wreck. And he's like, come on, Bev, just get into it. And then they get up and start dancing together as a group. And like <laughs> the girl is the in the middle and it's just all awkward and weird. And, and I was they like, start like moving towards the stairs. Yeah. Elliot's like, like, like dragging the them upstairs. Yeah. And I was like, so but it I, seems like this has happened before. Yes. Because, like the way he reacts wasn't like, let's try this. It's more like, no, let's not do this this time. Like, he's like, what's the matter, Bev? This is what we do. Right. And I was like, well, I thought the thing was, is y'all just pretend to be each other. Not like group. Yeah. <laughs> group things together. You name it. They do it, buddy. Um, so. um, <laughs> let's see the Virginian salute. That's just a Sunday for them. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real move. Well, Urban Dictionary it. Or don't, probably. Yeah, I'm going to stay out there. Uh, but Bev gets cold feet and runs out and then collapses out on the balcony. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like... That was so weird because Elliot is just like, he collapsed and he just stands there watching as that girl goes to help him. But then she's like, he's not breathing and she starts doing CPR. But then Elliot's like, get away from him. He's my brother. And he starts doing the CPR. And I'm like, why didn't you go out there at yeah. first when he collapsed? She like, he like threw that poor oh, yeah. lady. Like, yeah, like she looks like, how? Oh, yeah. 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 That was violent. And I think this is his overprotectiveness of his twin. Well, but like, why didn't he run out there right away? That would make more sense. Was it shock? Like, maybe. Maybe. But also later he's like, oh, we got to make sure they don't see the drugs in your system. So maybe like it took his mind a little bit to be like oh let me play this through and like I better get involved here so that I can interject because he's like I had to make them not take your blood because you could ruin you know this whole this whole thing so well yeah he could lose his license yeah so maybe like selfishly is he made it sound like maybe he over like compensated because it's, it's for like a selfish reason and later he does say like whenever someone's like you have your own career he's like no because people don't see us as two yeah. different people like I think matter. it's the same woman right yeah. So she's like, you got to stop thinking about Beverly and think about yourself. And he's like, that's not happening. We are one and the same. Yeah. There is no myself. There's well, ourself. Because he starts taking drugs because he feels like he has to, he says they have to be in sync, that they need their twin synchronicity. And so he has to be in the same mindset. And so he starts becoming a drug addict as yeah. well. He's like, whatever goes through his body should go through mine. I'm like, well, you got to draw the line somewhere, buddy, but guess yeah. not. It's like, how do you think you're going to help if you're in the same state? Yeah, he's doing badly. But that's whenever he is like, women's bodies don't look right. And I think that that's whenever Elliot's like, wow, this is more than just a little drug problem. Like, Beverly is going off the deep end, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's whenever he goes to have those gynecological instruments for mutant women developed <laughs> by that artist. Because he's like, I can't go to the normal people. And the artist guy is like, well, it's a really cool theme for a show. And he's like, this isn't art. This is science. Um, he has those amazing blueprint things of yeah. them, like down to the crazy details. Because he always does make his own instruments, right? And so he, it kind of makes sense, but you're like, oh, no, you can see right away that those are not yeah. okay looking. <laughs> so describe what they look like. I thought they almost look like insect in nature, you know, like segmented, um, like a chrysalis. You know, only metal, obviously, but they looked very otherworldly. Yeah, they look you know very I mean? alien. They look very, like, mm -hmm. Giger, I think. Yeah. Like, and the one that's, like, the most prominently shown looks like this 
kind of skeletal scorpion finger thing with like a blade on the end. It's really scary. Like a part of me just really (laughs) wanted to know how these were supposed to work. Right. You know what I mean? Like I wish there was a little bit more. Where does the stinger of that scorpion tail you just made go? You know, you can make logic out of fever, like drug fever dreams, drug withdrawal fever dreams. Oh, do you think he drew these blueprints in his barbiturate overdose state? I keep saying barbiturate because that's what the original people. I mean, I think he's always on drugs now at this point in the film. Like he's always like he can't sleep without downers. He can't be up without uppers. Like he's he doesn't want to dream. So he takes some sort of anti dream drug like he's like a sleeping pill. Yeah. yeah. So And, and then he does use those instruments in surgery. Yeah. And the nurse is like, I've never seen any of these before. And he's like, I've just had them made. They're brand new. Well, number them one to ten from left to right. And give me the one that I asked for. Give me number five. Now, please! Yes. Number five. And the suspense in that scene oh. is so palpable. Like, then they're in their creepy red scrubs and everything is red. The lady's draped in red and Ugh. like, oh, and they just trust him, though, because he's made instruments in the past. Yeah. He, and, and that's why a, they go with it at first. He's a three tie clamper. How, you, how <laughs> are you going to tell this guy no? So they're like, all right. Don't question me. Yeah. She, I, this lady, you know, the nurse, or I assume she's a nurse, is like, all right, I'm going to give you number one. And that's about as far as they get because actually he, he asked for number five or number five <laughs> that's why i'm not a doctor i can't get numbers you can't straight that, you can't be that nurse and that's that weird scorpion yeah. claw thing Ugh. and then he right away he's like shaking out lady and there's blood and it falls on the ground and it's like so dramatic they like put like a spotlight on it and the camera like watches it on the ground and well you see the blood on the stinger Ugh. tip and then you see beverly freak out I gotta slow everything down. I need something to slow everything down. And so he grabs her, like her mask. I think he starts mm-hmm. breathing in her mask. Trying mask-like. to get the drugs. Yeah, yeah like, oh. It's like, that's just gonna knock you out. You're not gonna be able to do surgery either. <laughs> you know? But it would slow everything down. So he knows what he's doing. Well, and, and they th- drag him away. Like, because then they realize she's bleeding. And they're like, wow, he really fucked up. And. And then it cuts to Elliot pretending to be him. Which I love this scene, actually. He's like, he's sitting in front of the medical board and they're just all harumph, you know, looking. He's well, like, he says they're jealous. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, look, there's a lot of prestige that goes into what I do. And, and I just have to be honest with myself. I love it when people use this excuse. I need to be honest with myself. I'm doing too much. Yeah. I need to calm down and just really put that in perspective and, you know, it, this is a cutthroat field and there's a lot of pressure to perform and blah, 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 blah. Then it comes to him going, they didn't buy it, Bev. <laughs> <laughs> they, they knew it was me, I think. And uh, sorry, you're suspended or something, right? It said they wouldn't take away their hospital privileges if they never used them again. Right. We're going <laughs> to go fully into research. And Bev's like, yeah, I've only always just wanted to do the research side of it. And they're like, well, that's what Bev says. But Elliot obviously is like not liking that. Yeah. Knowing that that's what he wants to do, just make this equipment and do all the researching stuff, he'd be happy not to see any more patients. 
You yeah. know, Bev is like, this is kind of what I want. Yeah, but Elliot's a people person. You yeah. think he liked the people part of the business? Well, they and weren't the taking fame, away. Yeah, and like, seducing all his patients. I mean, that was a big part of his But they day. weren't taking away his <laughs> license to practice. But that, but they're, that's they're later together. whenever, yeah, he talks to that ladies that he's basically like, we're the same. Like, and I mean, honestly, if you were that bored, like, would you let one of them come? Because if people can't tell them apart, you would never know if you were letting Beverly do a surgery. Oh, I would never. I, I would assume that their clientele would dry up. Yeah. No one's going to see the disgraced one doctor. Well, and I don't know if it's super public what happened, though. Right. Like, because they do say we still mm-hmm. have the clinic. True. And so they're not able to do like these some of these surgeries and stuff, but they would still have their private clinic. But that was a little confusing about why. Yeah, but you're right. I just feel like a disgraceful like this would go public. But maybe not without the internet. You know, maybe they this was like, maybe they like cater off. Like they're pretty like rich. True. Like okay. and you know who's gonna? Re- I mean, like I guess the other nurses and stuff might tell people, but the the client, like the patient, probably yeah wouldn't if they were like, here's a gag order and here's a million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> right. They gotta have. I mean, they're sharing an apartment. It's only one rent. And I did also like that on the table in front of the medical board was all the tools that they built (laughs) just like laid out like, what the fuck are these? I don't know what I made. I was on drugs. Look at these. These are pretty crazy. (laughs) So then I think this is where Elliot's like, okay, look, we got to get this under control. Like you're, you're, you're spiraling here and we're going to lock you in the office and you're just going to have to go cold turkey. And he's like, I can't sleep without my drugs. He's like, well, then stay awake. What? Yeah. Fucking deal with it, dude. Yeah. And they're getting groceries delivered. And I'm like, that was a thing back then? No, I saw that in some other movie from the 80s. I can't remember which one. I was just as blown away. <laughs> I was like, holy sh- Really? Okay. Yeah, I well, thought that was a new thing. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing new under the sun. Probably <laughs> had to use the phone, though, or something. It's probably terrible. Everything old is new again. Yeah. That's how it's like. It's cyclical. But That's how true. convenient could it be? I could, I'd hate to be on the phone being like, all right, now I'm going to need two packages of grapes, three oranges. <laughs> you like, so long. Look, it's probably an order form. Oh, you have to like, you know? fax it to them? Or they just what write a list. <laughs> no, in the 50s, I think it was just called a grocery list. Oh. And you'd write your things you want on a piece of paper and you'd give it to them and they would fulfill the order and old Ollie would bring them to your doorstep. Oh, writing? <laughs> no, thank you. I'll just starve. <laughs> so Elliot has a good plan in play. Bev breaks out. He calls up the guy at the front office. Like, I locked myself in the oh office. My God, that part was so funny. And then and whenever that guy's like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going down too, right? <laughs> yeah, he's clearly, yeah. he's clearly <laughs> coming down off the drugs and kind of freaking out a little bit. And he does not. He's not good at that. Yeah. He has no poker face. <laughs> no. <laughs> so if he was locked in the office, you think maybe Elliot would have said, okay, building supervisor, my brother's in there. Don't let him out. Well, maybe he didn't. He's very, like, conscious of their image, right? Mm-hmm. And so if it's supposed to be kind of secret that he's coming off these drugs, because he hasn't ever told people, you know, like, even whenever he went before the board, he tried to say it was just stress. And so he's like, this is hush-hush, you know? Could have taken the phone. That probably would have been easy. That would have been a smart idea. Yeah. But Beverly goes back to the uh, art gallery. He's like, these are not art. These are mine. And sees his tools on display. That I says, can't believe that guy stole them, though. And it says it's his. Like, And I'm like, well, no, you can't I just think, take that guy's I don't think he stole and them. say it's I yours. I think he just built another set. No, but it's said by him. Like, yeah. you can't oh, do that without idea. permission. Like, it should credit. at least say credit. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it was hilarious. It said gynecological tools for mutant women. <laughs> exactly what Beverly told him. <laughs> I mean, it is a cool title. Yeah. yeah. 
And he breaks in and he, or he walks in rather and just starts taking him off the display. And the lady's like, you can't take those. He's like, silence. These are mine. <laughs> and she's just kind of like, whatever. I mean, what are you going to do? She going to fight this crazy guy? Yeah, like, she like slap fights him a little bit. And then they, he walks out with the tools. I mean, he's not worth it, right? She doesn't want to. She's like, eh. He's got all these sharp <laughs> tools, so yeah, he's clearly obviously... this man's on drugs. Yeah. Why did Bev leave? Was because Claire is back. Yeah, and he finds out that she wasn't cheating on him, and then he steals those tools on the way, and then he gets there, and that's when he's like, "Do you have any drugs?" <laughs> and she's like, "No," and he's like, "Oh my god!" And he writes her a prescription. Go get him. <laughs> Be a lot cooler if you did. Beverly's like, "If Elliot comes looking for me, don't tell him I'm here. I don't want him to know." But then he doesn't come looking for him. Remember, he's like, he hasn't called for me, and then that's whenever she also finds his weird tools. And she's like, what are these for? And then he says that they're for separating Siamese twins, which foreshadows what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Because then he's like, when he says that, he's, it's like, you already know his plan. That's true. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not smart enough for that. So I did not know his plan. We also didn't know it was coming. That's true. It's the first time we saw it. Oh, okay. Thank you. Maybe That's I am pass. smart enough. So if I watch it again, I'll then be you'll like, know. Oh, like, I know it's coming. You know, <laughs> before he had left, he had had that conversation about Chang and Aang with Elliot, where they had that weird conversation about, like, I don't really know why they were talking about it, though. But he was like, do you remember the first conjoined twins, the oh, Siamese yeah. twins? Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, Chang and Aang. He's like, do you remember what happened to them? And he's like, yeah, one of them was like more extroverted and one of them wasn't and one of them did drugs. And then that, that one died and then the other one died of fright. And then Elliot starts doing drugs and then the lady's like, stop it. And he's like, nope. <laughs> oh my God, it's whenever she turns off the TV and he's like, that's my favorite program. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what? It looked like a random commercial for like, like a truck. Yeah, I think no. it was Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. I'm like 97% sure because I recognize the guy's voice. Really? Yeah. No, you're right. It was Robin Leach. Yeah. Wow. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. I can't believe you guys knew what that was. Well, yeah. when you're old like yeah, us. Yeah. When you're ancient. <laughs> when you're basically menopausal like me, that show. I was still on TV when I was watching TV, so. That show yeah. was just about showing off. Yeah. Look well, how wealthy I am. But that makes sense with Elliot. Mm. That's kind of oh, like aspirational. a big part of his personality is like he very much cares what people think about him that's true because he is the more outgoing one like bev doesn't care as much like i don't think bev is like even that embarrassed when people see him all tweaking out you know yeah but elliot is because he doesn't as he says to that lady that he's seeing like we're perceived as one person and that's why he's like i have to sync up with him i have to be in the same weird drug <laughs> cycle which is like no <laughs> yeah you don't have to dude uh, <laughs> yeah. but, all right yeah i don't think that's a good plan <laughs> <laughs> i also thought i would see more reaction from bev when he realized that he was wrong this whole time you know i, I like maybe more regret that he spiraled out so bad and lost his career you know that other part of his life is ruined for but a he, perception that wasn't true i think he's so far gone with yeah. his addiction mm -hmm. and his like he's had a mental decline, you know, and I think he's so relieved because he still loves Claire so much that like, in a way, I think he feels like, oh, yay, things are finally better, you know. So she confronts him about the tools. Mm -hmm. And that's when he says that they're for separating Siamese twins, which in the past, they'd always been for mutant women, right? Mm -hmm. And then he goes to find Elliot. And so I think that in that moment, he's like, he's with Claire and he's like, this is the life I want. I don't want to have this life with Elliot. I need to separate us. 
And so he has a mission to go find his brother and separate them. And that's when he goes back to the office and he finds it is fucking gross. There is like... Ew, when he gets that cake, remember he's like, no, yeah, cake, and he like, full of cake. <laughs> I was like, this is great. This is now my favorite part of the movie where they're just sitting around this like desecrated office with just mess everywhere. And he's like, you want some cake? And just handful of cake. Here you go. Is that and an not orange pop? An you orange pop? cake? You don't do no, it by handful? Utensils. Utens- and he hands yeah. it to him by the handful. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to take it for yourself, but like yeah, someone t- else's hand of cake. But was it Elliot's but it's girlfriend? His brother's hand of cake, so it's basically his hand. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They're the same person. That's what they would say. So yeah. it, was it Elliot's girlfriend or was it Claire that says, please don't go? And he's like, don't worry, I'll be back later. It's Claire, because he's like, oh, how is Elliot going to keep me from coming back? Well, you'll see, but... Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, Claire's yeah. like, no, you make your choice, just stay with me, and we yeah. can be druggies and live this great life. But he feels like he has to separate them, yeah. quote-unquote, and so he has to go see... Um, and we didn't mention, but I think at some point they start doing heroin, right? They're like, definitely doing all kinds of stuff. He's yeah, shooting up. Beverly's yeah, like, in the doctor's office with the medical tubing around his arm, and like the receptionist is trying to come in. He's like, hey, your eight o'clock is here. And he's like, don't come in here. She opens the door and he's like injecting himself. She's like, I'm giving my two week notice. And he's like, that's fine. (laughs) No, I get it. I would leave too. Yeah, I'm surprised she gave a two week notice. But wait, I'm doing heroin in here. And I just didn't know if it was heroin or something else. Can you quit later? I'm trying to get high. There are other things that people shoot up. Yeah. So it could be something. I mean, like, it could be something that they could get legally since they're doctors. I kind of right. think that it seems like most of the drugs they do are prescription drugs that yeah. they're just abusing. There's Although I, now I kind of want a scene where Elliot is talking to the guy in the trench coat. Let me take uh, three <laughs> yeah. of the purple ones, <laughs> something he, in the he, tube. He is the guy in the trench coat. <laughs> You're right. Ah, oh, metaphorically. Oh, yeah, that's exactly I what I meant. Okay. Thank you. Nice yeah. one, John. No problem. Totally intentional. Yeah, this whole movie was really just made by Dare. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a um, oh, what is that movie with Jennifer Conley? Requiem for a Dream. Dream. Oh. Yeah, it's like a lighter version of that. Oh you my know? god, that movie! <laughs> They're both back inside of the uh, doctor's office, and Elliot's getting into one of the exam chairs, and uh, he's just accepted this. Right? Yeah, this well, this was so like, strange to me. It was very surreal. Out. Right? It's very surreal. Probably in the state of like he just knows what's happening. Right? Mm-hmm. Elliot's accepted the fate. I mean, I think that it's partially that he is, like, really drugged up, right? Like, and, Mm. you know, because they have that conversation where they're like, we're going to kick it on Monday. Like, we're going to just, here's our prescription schedule. This is our roadmap. Remember, he's like, we're going to have a little treat at one point. (laughs) Right. And I bet every addict has had that conversation. Yeah. Come Monday, life's turning around. I think that that was definitely what they're going for because it's like that. That's true. And then. You know, his, uh, he doesn't know. I think Ellie doesn't know that Beverly has an alternative kind of thing in the back of his mind. I don't know if Beverly really knows what he's going to really do either. And then he goes into the chair and he's like, don't forget the good part. <laughs> yeah. And he <laughs> shoots him up with the drugs. He's like, there. He says something to the effect like, I probably wouldn't feel it anyway because yeah. they're probably so hopped up on whatever they're on yeah. anyway. Yeah. Elliot, like, speed run through the drug addiction phases to catch up oh, to yeah. Beverly. Yeah, it took him six months to yeah. spiral Elliot two days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when Elliot puts his mind to something, there's no stopping him. I got to sync up. I'm really far behind here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, he gets injected with the drugs and then Bev moves to get the 
creepy scorpion apparatus and comes at it and jabs it in his stomach. But Elliot feels it. I, He's I, not asleep. Right. He's just drugged out. There's not like snap cut. There was a really yeah. jarring yeah. cut. Yeah, then it's like he, it's Bev waking up. Like yeah. he's like, he's moaning kind of in his sleep like he did when he had that nightmare mm-hmm. about them being conjoined twins. And then he wakes up and he's like, I had a nightmare, Elliot. And oh, that part is so sad. Repeats his name over and over and over again. In the background of the scene, you just see a flayed open Elliot Oof. on the table. Um, it, was, it was out of focus, but you yeah. can tell yeah. that he ain't living His anymore. His chest cavity is like empty. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, like a chest like burster a little, came yeah. out, you know. And almost in a sense of like Beverly's unwilling to recognize what's happened. He doesn't turn to look. He just keeps... He Ellie? looks for a second. Ellie? And Ellie? then yeah. Does he? Yeah. And then his voice actually gets more sing-songy mm-hmm. after that, as if he has gone into just a complete state of shock. First he showers and shaves yeah, gets and cleans belt. his clothes and packs. And he goes mm. to go call Claire. Because he has separated himself, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's ready to start his new life as just Beverly. But then when she picks up, he doesn't say anything. And he actually leaves his bag. And he looks so defeated. And he goes back into the building. Because he realized that there is no separation for them. That he cannot live without his brother. Mm-hmm. Just like Chang and Aang. And so he's back there and it shows that he's taken Elliot off of the chair and he's covered him and he's like slumped over him and he's accepted his fate that he also has to die now because they really are one person. They're not just twins, you know, it's like he can't live without him. Like there is no separation. Two sides of the coin. Um, It's such a sad ending. It is. Yeah, and I'm glad we talked about it because I feel like I understand it a little better. I agree. And like I was saying before. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Now you guys maybe like it a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that is Dead Ringers. And uh, upon review, I think I would recommend it. I think if you're looking for a movie like you guys said at the beginning in the vein of an American Psycho, or a thriller psychological study. I think it's probably worth revisiting if you saw it and need a second look at it with fresh eyes. I think that's important. Yeah. To be able to review stuff again and give it another chance. And I think it is a kind of horror. It's just a a quieter, more introspective kind of psychological horror, which is what I really like. Although I also do like zombies and gore and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's good to mix it up sometimes and see this kind of movie. And not just, like, the alligator. (laughs) (laughs) Boo on thinking. Give me Uncle Sam. No. (laughs) No, just kidding. And you got to be willing to let directors take new um, avenues and make new things, right? Like how we said the other day where Rob Zombie is making the monsters Mm -hmm. totally out of his wheelhouse. And everybody, give him a chance to do something new. And it looks like Cronenberg went out of the wheelhouse. And I think it is still very Cronenberg. It's just a different part of him. And then it is like Crimes of the Future. Although that's, I did not like that very much. (laughs) (laughs) They can't all be winners. Uh, Well, any other lingering thoughts on this movie before we wrap up? It was a good movie. It Mm -hmm. was. Uh, Not what I was expecting, but it was a good movie. Potentially expect a remake. No. On Amazon. That's not allowed. TV show. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, oh. Everything's got to be a TV show. Yeah. Well, why? How could this be a TV I show? I don't know. Your wife did want to see this be successful, so. Right. She wanted to see the, the con. Yeah. Maybe so. they'd start out with the con a few no. times. Or them in, in uh, school. Oh, my God. That sounds the like a sitcom years. or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> Emma, thank you for coming back and introducing us to a new movie. My pleasure. And we'll see you again here probably in a couple weeks when we do Return of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. If you did tune in expecting to hear Nope, we're still doing Nope as well. It's just Garrett really, really wants to do that one too, and he's sick. Yeah. So, coming soon to a theater already out there. Yeah. By the time you listen, it'll probably actually not be in theaters anymore, (laughs) but... We're going to have to watch it on streaming. Yeah. Well, listener, what did you think of Dead Ringers? Did you like it? Let us know in our comments section. We've got a Twitter, a Instagram, a Facebook page. You can find all our stuff at thegravetalk.com. And a TikTok. And a TikTok that that is still blank. Maybe we should just dissolve it. By the time TikTok fad is over, we'll miss the boat. You got to make at least one. You guys got to do a little dance. Yeah. Well, we don't know what's coming up next. It's probably nope. It could be Return of the Living Dead. Those are things we're looking at in the future. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us.